Jesse Kelly Show. Let's have some fun on a Tuesday before we go to nuclear war. <laughs> hang on, hang on a second. Here's what's on tap for tonight, and I need to lay all this out because, again, I feel like I say this every night, tonight's a little different. Well, it's a little different, and here's why. I know you're freaking out about gas prices. I know you've heard about it all day long. I understand very well you've heard this from the president a thousand times already, and you're ready to dive off a cliff. Today, I'm announcing the United States is targeting the main artery of Russia's economy. We're banning all imports of Russian oil and gas and energy. Yeah, okay, well, we'll get to more of that later. I understand you've heard that today, and you were already getting slaughtered at the pump, and you're freaking out. What does this mean? Where are we going? So in anticipation that everyone's freaking out, honestly, I'm freaking out. The wife got home today, went to the grocery store where she's supposed to be, Chris, <laughs> quit, but got home from the grocery store. And I said, uh, honey, go, go fill up your tank today, please fill up your tank today. So here's what I'm going to do tonight. About 10, 15 minutes from now, I'm going to have my friend Daniel Turner on, and I might keep him on for a couple segments. If you don't know him, that's fine. He's been on the show a bunch. He's with Power the Future. He's, he's an energy guy. He is a wealth of knowledge about the reality on the ground. Where do we actually get oil from? Where do we export it to? What does it mean to ban Russian oil? What can we do? What can't we do? He knows all the players. He breaks it down in a way that doesn't talk over my head, which you know I despise when these college boys talk over your head. He doesn't do that. Daniel Turner is coming up about 10, 15 minutes from now. I may keep him on for two segments. He's going to make you and me smarter about oil and prices and how it works. No, we're not going to do with Daniel Turner the Joe Biden sucks thing. Yes, Joe Biden sucks. We know Joe Biden sucks. You know that. I know that. We're going to do the help me understand oil production thing so we can understand what we're facing here. All right? That's coming up tonight. We have our continuing history segment on communism with our man Boris Rifkin an hour and a half from now. We have all that and more. We have emails. We have all kinds of stuff coming up tonight. But believe it or not, I'm not leading the show talking about gas prices. I'm leading the show talking about something else. How often do we talk about playing offense? How often? All the time, right? I talk to you about being an anti-communist. Offense. Put them on defense. But why do I talk about that? I'm looking at a couple headlines right here. Kids see their classmates. This is, of course, New York. Kids see their classmates for the first time, classmates' faces for the first time in years. I'm looking at another headline here. LGBTQ activists host a non-binary sex education summer camp for children. Where am I going? Pause that for a second. Put those two headlines in your back pocket for a moment. You ever talk to any fighters? And I mean a uh, boxer, professional or amateur, someone who trains for it, or MMA, any, uh, wrestling would work too. You ever talk to a fighter? Are you friends with any fighters? I'm friends with a bunch of them. And one of the things you find out when you talk about these guys is there are so many boring parts or boring sounding parts of what they do. My best friend, Luis, he, he was a Golden Gloves boxer. And he talks about how when he first showed up to box, he was getting picked on a little bit, wanted to get a little tougher, shows up in a boxing gym, a freaking Mexican boxing gym. Mexicans are tough as nails, especially Mexican boxers. 
And Mexicans know a little something about boxing. It's revered in their country. And so he shows up, not the best part of town, Mexican boxing gym. Now, that's a place to get tough, right? You're in there surrounded by studs. He's excited, wants to start boxing. He's a kid, wants to get tough. And he talks about how disappointed he was. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. Hang with me. How disappointed he was that for the first couple weeks after he showed up to learn how to box, he never threw a punch. His coach had him walking a tape, learning how to walk forward, walk backward, move to the left, move to the right. Why? That's lame. Teach me how to jab. I want to throw a hook. Because being on balance is everything. And if you get your opponent off balance, you can finish him. And if he gets you off balance, he's going to finish you. Which brings me to the task at hand. We have right now, it's a major news item. We have this Florida bill. The Florida bill was honestly the most benign thing in the world, probably more benign benign than it should have been. The bill basically just said, uh, don't don't talk to kids, kindergartners, pre-K, kindergartners and pre-K, don't talk to them about sex. They, they don't need to hear that you're gay. They don't need to hear anything about sex at all. They're in kindergarten. Teach them the alphabet. I mean, the most benign bill in the world. And since that moment, as can be anticipated, the Democratic Party and the national media has freaked out about it, called it a don't say gay bill, and we have Democrat politicians putting out things like this. That's them chanting gay. Oh, wait, there's more. Don't say it. Don't say it. Gay. I said it. Gay. 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 Okay, I'm going to spare you the rest of that. Okay. All right. We also have teachers putting out videos talking about, well, they're going to make sure your kid understands they can be transsexual in school. The goal of the transition closet is for our students to be able to wear the clothes that their parents approve of, come to school, and then swap out into the clothes that fit who they truly are. And I use the idea that this is like Superman changing in a phone booth. But that idea actually goes a lot further than that, because Superman isn't Clark Kent. Clark Kent is actually the disguise. And when Clark Kent goes into the phone booth, he transforms into Superman, who's really just who he truly is, Kal-El. And so this gives our trans students the opportunity to be the superheroes that we know they are. Okay, so they sound like a bunch of perverted, demented psychopaths who are into pedophilia and, quite frankly, grooming kids. They want to groom your children. And what has been the GOP response? Just like always, defense! They look like psychos to every parent in the country. Even most Democrat parents don't want their kindergartners finding out how queer the teacher is. Parents don't want that. And what does the GOP do? Well, that's not really in the bill. Oh, it it doesn't say that, guys. Why are you playing defense? They're off balance. Knock them out. Every Republican legislature in the country should be passing this same bill today. Put the entire Democratic Party on defense. 
You don't have to play defense. Make every single one of these people go on camera and defend pedophilia. Every Republican from federal government, RNC, to the state house should be running campaign ads already produced today, making them out to be exactly what they are, a bunch of psychos who want to sexualize your kids. You have the high ground. These people have abused your children endlessly. Kids are seeing their classmates' faces for the first time in two years. LGBTQ summer camps. They're freaking out because they can't teach your kid to be a transsexual in kindergarten. And you're on defense? What? You have them down. You have the high ground. Take it. Stop being nice. Start being an anti-communist. Start taking back ground. Every Democrat politician in the United States of America should be hiding under their desk right now for fear they're going to be asked. So do you support pedophilia? Tell me, tell me why you think six-year-olds should learn about being transsexual. Is that something you support? Every one of them should be in hiding for being exposed as the perverted bunch of deranged freaks they are. And instead, it's Republicans again on defense. Well, it doesn't say that. I love gay people. It's pathetic. Over and over and over again. We have the high ground on issues. And we have such a bunch of weenies in this party. They can't ever seem to take advantage when they have it. If it sounds like I'm fired up, that's because it's the country's kids, man. Listen to this. I want you to listen to this. This is a video of two children. Listen closely. Those are kids barking at each other. They're not playing a game. They're called furries. We've so perverted the minds of children in this country, they think it's okay to think they're dogs and bark at each other in school. And we don't have a GOP willing to play offense. When they even half play offense with this bill, they apologize for it. You have the high ground. The country and the children are at stake. If you can't find your guts now, what good are you? My friend Daniel Turner is going to explain oil and gas to us next. He doesn't care if you believe him, but he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, you can email the show your love, your hate, your death threats. Everything's welcome tonight. Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But as promised, I actually may keep him for two segments. I probably will tonight because there's so much to unpack right now. My friend Daniel Turner with Power the Future is about to make us smarter on energy. Because, look, it's easy to go out there today and say Joe Biden sucks. Yeah, Joe Biden sucks. He's screwing everything up. We know that. What? what's with our oil production? Why do we get anything from Russia? Joining me now is Daniel Turner. Daniel, okay, first and foremost, Joe Biden announces today we're banning Russian oil. How much oil did we get from Russia? Why did we get anything? Yeah, we receive about 3% of our oil supply from Russia. Um, And there's multiple reasons why. The main one, as an economic understanding, is America is the world's largest refiner. So the folks in, in, in Houston, the folks in Texas know exactly what I'm talking about. What comes out of the ground is, is, is crude, and it's kind of useless. It has to go through a, a lot of refining processes to get turned into something good. 
And America is the world's biggest refiner. Now, you want to have another scary conversation sometime, Jesse? We'll talk about how China is trying to overtake us for strategic reasons. And if that ever happens, we're screwed. But right now, we're the world's largest refiner. And so it is easier and cheaper and more efficient for the Russians to take their crude, put it on a tanker, send it across the Atlantic, and have it refined here. And then it gets put into the global mix. And that some of it gets exported back to Russia. Some of it stays in America, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but in theory, if we had enough crude domestically, and I include Canada in that formula, if we produced enough domestically in North America, we wouldn't need to get oil from anywhere. And if we wanted to refine it for financial reasons, we could. But if we didn't, we wouldn't have to. But right now, we don't have that luxury of turning down their crude because we need it. Okay. Uh, is it just as simple as the green energy nutters of, of why we don't just produce it and refine all our own? Or is there does it just make economic sense? I, I'm really not trying to be as partisan as possible here. I'm trying to understand the way energy works. Why don't we just produce all, all of our oil and refine all of our oil and never worry about anyone else? Well, that would be the ideal thing, right? So if we consume about 19.5 million barrels a day of oil, if we, and again, we include Canada in that mix, if we produced all that here and we refined it and we kept it here, that would be great. And again, we can have conversations to say, well, should we, should we refine Saudi crude? Is there an economic advantage? Uh, you know, and, and it is a larger 30,000 square, a uh, 30,000 foot conversation that, you know, people who like to talk politics and policies uh, have. Is there a value in, in trading with your enemy? And, and I am of a very strict mind that the answer to that is no. But, but the, the American government and especially the Republican Party for the last 30 years has said, yes, it is. If we trade with China, they won't be a hostile aggressor. They will love democracy so much and they'll love capitalism that will make them a better people. That's why we gave China most favored nation status. And they said the same with Russia. If we trade with Russia, maybe they'll be so enamored with our trade deal that we'll never have violence and war because we'll have this wonderful thing called the exchange of goods and services in the free market. I think that's poppycock. I, I would use a more vulgar word, but I'm on, on the radio, Jesse. <laughs> I think that is absolute BS. I don't think you ever trade with your enemy, and there's proof of that. China is now just a richer, more powerful, and just as evil country as they were 30 years ago. And we made them that way. Sure, we sent all of our jobs from Rochester and Scranton there as well, but we made China rich, and we made Russia very, very rich. So I don't think we should ever trade with our enemies. But heck, Biden has envoys right now going to Iran and Venezuela saying, let's trade with you. So, you know, I guess he's going to Satan next because he'll deal with anybody rather than American oil and gas companies. Speaking with Daniel Turner, Power of the Future, making us understand American energy before we get to everything today. All right, Daniel, uh, as an American, I have a light switch. I'm looking at it right there in the studio. I walk mm -hmm. over, I turn it on, the lights come on. Is that from oil? Is it from coal? What percentage? Where do Americans get that kind of power from before we get to gas? So about 70% of our electricity comes from fossil fuels right now. And again, it, it, the mix is different based upon state and where you are. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of our electricity production comes from coal and natural gas. And then a very large chunk of it comes from nuclear 
and a small but growing percentage comes from renewables, wind and solar. Um, but right now, fossil fuels are the way to go. Now, the problem with those renewables is that when they don't work, they all have to have fossil fuel redundancies. Uh, case in point, for some reason, Jesse, and this is a question that only God himself can answer, for some reason, the wind has not blown in Germany this week. I don't know why. And Germany keeps mm. saying we have more wind power than anyone else in the world. You do. But zero times a billion is still zero. And if there's no wind, what does Germany do? They go to Russia for natural gas. So renewables and all that stuff is fine. It's not. I mean, we subsidize the heck out of it. It doesn't always work. It's super expensive. It's made with slave labor in China. Um, but all those things aside, renewables are fine. But when they don't work, fossil fuels always work, and that's why we need them. Okay. All right. Daniel, we've got to go to break here in about a minute, and I'm going to bring you back after that for a second segment, if you don't mind. But just real Love quick to. in a minute, you just brought up slave labor. What are you talking about? Yeah. Well, I mean, the vast majority of, of renewables, wind and solar, are made in China, around 70% of them. Uh, and they're made, the vast majority of them, in Uyghur concentration camps. And that's where we're buying our wind and solar. When Biden says we're going to buy a, a wind and solar, that's where we're getting it from. Even American companies that claim to be uh, American, GE manufacturers in China, and the majority of it with slave labor. But hey, outside of that, Jesse, it's good for the environment. Mm -mm -mm. Speaking with Daniel Turner, Power of the Future, we are going to move past this and go specifically to what Joe Biden did today, what Joe Biden has done since the beginning of his presidency as far as American oil production goes. And we're going to talk a little bit about big oil. Are they on your side? Hang on, right back with Daniel. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Rare second segment for a guest, but I needed my friend Daniel Turner today to break down energy because we're all staring at the gas pump weeping <laughs> all day long. So we might as well talk to an expert about it. All right, we just talked about where America gets its energy from and oil and whatnot. Daniel, let's begin at the beginning of the Joe Biden presidency because as of today, there's a whole lot of this out here. Look, let me be clear. It's simply not true that my administration or policies are holding back domestic energy production. That's simply not true. Daniel Turner, is that not true? It's a total lie, but that's what the Biden administration has to do. It's what the left has to do, Jesse. If they don't have hyperbole and if they don't have straw men, they have no way to argue. So that's, that's their go-to tactic. Okay, explain. Okay, Joe Biden gets into office. What mm -hmm. did he do to hurt our domestic oil production? What what people don't remember a year ago. I don't remember a year ago. What did he do? Yeah, yeah but well, everyone talks about the Keystone Executive Order, and that's important. But even more important than Keystone when it comes to oil and gas production is the executive order he passed on the same day that that uh, banned the new oil and gas uh, oil and gas leases nationwide. That has yet to be rescinded, right? So you take both of those together. And if you're the oil and gas industry and you say, well, why am I going to invest in this company? And, and why am I going to invest in, in, in new exploration? Because uh, not only did he make new oil and gas leases illegal, he prohibited them by, by his mighty, mighty executive order pen. Um, but now he's even sending a signal that something like Keystone, which is a decade in the works and a billion dollars of sunk cost, he can just eliminate it. And, you know, and the company that built that, Jesse, they never got their money back. 
right? And we talk about the workers, and, and I've met many of them. Yes, they lost their job. But what about the billion dollars that this company spent for a pipeline that the president has decided, I no longer deem it allowed to be built? So what signal, what chilling effect does that have to this industry? Now, remember, during his campaign, Joe Biden said flat out that he wanted to put oil and gas executives in jail. I mean, that's not me sounding like a lunatic. You can find that exact quote. And of course, the crowd cheered and said, yes, this is the climate hero we've been waiting for. Well, now the oil and gas industry says, OK, you've made future leases illegal. You threatened to put me in jail. You, you've taken away you know, infrastructure projects. You want me to invest billions of dollars? You know what? Maybe I'll just sit on my profits. And quite frankly, that is what they are doing. It is not a smart investment to put millions of dollars towards moving equipment and personnel into an oil field with the knowledge that Joe Biden's administration and his multiple minions from the Secretary of Interior, Secretary of Energy, EPA, Bureau of Land Management, none of these people, all these people have the ability to stop it on a dime. Why am I going to invest? So they're not... Speaking with Daniel Turner, Power of the Future, he's educating us on on oil and gas and what Joe Biden did and what he didn't do. Daniel, I know this is a stupid question, but I know people out there have it and don't want to ask it. So I'm stupid. I'll ask it. Leases? What are you talking about? Yeah. So the very first step in this process is you've got to get you've got to get access to land. Now, for your Texas audience, they don't know what this means, because the joy of Texas is that it's almost all private property. But a lot of America is owned by Washington, D.C., and you need permission to have access to it. And so, yes, you have permission to use this part of federally controlled land or this section of whatever field that you thought was privately owned, but you need the government's okay to, to, to have access to it. But that's just the first step. That's like saying, hey, Jesse, you have the mortgage to a thousand acre farm. How come you're not producing any corn? Well, land is the very first step, but you need an awful lot of equipment, investment. There's a lot of steps between leasing and producing oil. And again, and it's millions of dollars. And Joe Biden has told through the Federal Reserve that he doesn't want to see oil and gas lending even happen. So I, I'm a guy, I'm, a, I'm one of those like, like real wildcatters. I'm in the Permian Basin and I need to, I have, I have a lease and I want to bring in a, a drilling equipment. Well, I need I need money. That's millions of dollars to move that equipment and personnel and all that personnel, Jesse. They need health insurance now because of Obamacare. They need sexual awareness and harassment training. They need diversity clauses. You know, you, so this is a lot of money I'm spending before I've brought one drop of oil to market. So Jen Psaki says you have leases. How come you don't produce oil? Well, you know what? You have a tractor. How come you don't produce milk? It's a stupid comment because that's a stupid woman. Daniel Turner, explain to me why I hear from friends in the oil and gas business that the major oil companies, not all of them, obviously, certainly not the small, medium-sized ones, but the major oil companies actually lobby, it sounds like, for more restrictions yeah. on oil in green energy environmentalist nut job stuff. Daniel, is that true? Yeah. And if so, why is that true? You, you, anyone who has heard me before in your program knows that I'm a big fan. And one of the things I love about you, Jesse, is you're willing to say things that a lot of people on the quote unquote right will not because they are afraid. And one of the things that you talk about often is never to play your enemy's games 
with their language, with their terms, with their rules. But the right always falls for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and corporations fall for that, certainly. So, yeah, you have a lot of huge oil and gas companies that will absolutely sing all of the climate songs that you want to hear for a couple of reasons. One, it keeps that pain in the rear Greta Thunberg and all of her protesters from, from smashing my lobbies downtown. Right? I don't need those damn climate people saying that I'm the bad guy. So let me make a donation to whatever Sierra Club, Greenpeace, blah, 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 and I look like the good guy. Secondly, I have a boatload of lawyers who can play with all these compliance laws, all these new regulations. The Biden administration has passed a rule that going forward you need to – all that is is paperwork. All it is is just – and time. Right. You need to have another inspector come who's going to shut down operation to do his testing and blah, blah, blah. I can pay for all of that. But you know who can't is Jesse Kelly Oil Company, because he's only got a market cap of, you know, two million dollars that he and his friends scrapped together. And he got his parents to give him 15 grand and sounds like a lot of money. But in this industry, it's nothing. And now Jerry, Jesse Kelly Oil can't play all those regulatory games. So what do the big guys do? They say, Jesse, your $2 million operation, I'll buy it for you for 1.5. And you are screwed, my friend. And that's what happens. That's why Amazon made $80 billion during COVID. But your little local grocery store had to shut down, Mm -hmm. right? That's why all of the big guys love big government. And if people think that you're on the right, you like corporations, corporations are just as evil as the Democrat Party sometimes. Yeah, they, they are overlap. not our friends or our allies. They yeah. overlap. All right, Daniel, one final question here, and this is probably the biggest one. You saw what happened today. You saw what Biden said. You're the expert. I'm not. Where are we going? Where are more specifically, where are gas prices and just prices on everything going? Because a lot of people are living paycheck to paycheck listening right now, and they want to know what's coming. I, I wish I had some better news. And if and oil prices are gas prices are not our biggest problem. They are right. It's going to get much, much worse at the pump. And, and it's terrible. And people are going to genuinely suffer. But the real suffering hasn't even begun yet because it's only early March and we haven't begun to plant. And I have a, a, a big farm here in Virginia. I raise sheep uh, in rural Virginia. I can tell you raising my sheep what prices are compared to just a year ago. And when you have these huge farms that have to buy hundreds of thousands of dollars of pesticides and fertilizers, and they have to fill up their tractors and their combines, and they all require diesel, food prices, we have never had a – there's probably no one alive left, Jesse, who knows what it's like to pay really astronomical food prices. It's not part of our history. And if we thought civil unrest is bad and you watch these thugs break in windows for Prada watches and for Gucci and and the smash and grabs that we see on TV, when you have people who are genuinely hungry, I hate to sound hyperbolic and and like a lunatic, but the civil unrest this country is headed towards, it genuinely scares me. It honestly does because food prices are going to be insane and and that is going to make for a very dangerous society and this is all this is all deliberate and this is all reversible but not with this man in the white house daniel turner power of the future thank you so much for making us smarter tonight my man tough to hear but we needed it thanks jesse always good to be with you how about that for a bitter pill to swallow huh well hey look at least we can have clean air in the house while we have power eden pure thunderstorm It constantly cleans the air in your house. They call it a thunderstorm 
because it does inside your home what nature does after a thunderstorm. That's why you walk out and it smells so clean in there after it rains. How about that in your house? I don't even have allergies anymore because of this thing. You don't even realize you have smells in your air until you plug one of these in, come back an hour later, and they're gone. I own three of them. My bedroom, boys' bedroom, general living area would highly encourage you to do the same. And they have, because I have three of them, they have a three-pack for sale for my listeners. If you go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE3, that's JESSE and the number three, you get $200 off a three-pack. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE3. We'll be right back with more on oil and the kids. Missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't forget we have Boris Rifkin, our continuing series coming up about 45 minutes from now. In case you don't know what I'm talking about, Boris Rifkin, he's a friend of mine. He also has forgotten more about the history of the Soviet Union and communism and all that stuff that you geek out on and I geek out on. He's forgotten more than I'll ever know. Every Tuesday for the past three or four Tuesdays, he's come on at the same time to give a little chronological order history segment about where the communist revolution started. We began with the communist revolution in Russia, and then we went on to Lenin, then on to Stalin. He did a bunch on Stalin. We're going to ask him some more Stalin questions, and then we'll probably get past that. But if you're, if you're interested, and I'm sure you are, this guy's amazing, go back and listen to every Tuesday's show. I don't have the dates in front of me. I don't do research per se, but every Tuesday's show... Boris Rifkin's on there about halfway through dropping knowledge, and it's awesome. We're going to do it. And I told him, and he's game. He's, he's cool about it. We're going to do this every Tuesday until we're done. And I may keep him on and just keep it rolling because he, he's, he's that good. Daniel Turner just made us smarter. If you missed that or any part of the show, download the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. Before I get back to the oil, I, I want to circle back again. I opened up the show. I ended up getting upset. Sorry about that. But I opened up the show talking about kids about this endless assault on kids and how the GOP won't play offense. Here's New York Mayor Eric Adams. If you were talking to a four-year-old and they're trying to explain why they have to keep their mask on but their, their six-year-old brother doesn't, what is your, your explanation to that four-year-old? I'm so happy you said that because when I was in Rockaway in the St. Pat's Day Parade, I did just that. A group of parents brought me and talked to their children and explained uh, to them. I told them, you're going to be taking off your mask like your big brothers and sisters are doing now. You know, when, when you have big brothers and sisters, sometimes they do things first to make sure it's safe for you. And those children, they understand it because they trust their parents and they trust their leadership. They're not tainted like adults. <laughs> you know, they still feel... Uh, that we have to make the right decisions for them. And I'm with the parents. I want those masks off. I said it in January, but I have to do it right to make sure our city uh, protects its children and don't close down the city again. Yeah, that guy's a bad person and a jerk. And we're destroying the mental health of children across this country. Children have been completely tossed, not to the side over the last two years with everything. They've been tossed under the bus. These people insist that four-year-olds who are basically at no risk whatsoever from coronavirus, four-year-olds have to wear a mask? That's insane. Your four-year-old should be throwing pudding across the room and getting dirty. Wear a mask? These people are nutballs. And if they're not trying to throw masks on their faces, 
They're out there trying to make sure they're allowed to tell them how gay they are in school. It's crazy. Don't say it. Don't say it. Gay. I said it. Gay. 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 Okay, I can't, I can't do that again. And... What makes me so angry is not the insanity of Eric Adams or the psychopath teachers in Florida. Or that's honestly not what not it's not what makes me angry. I understand how evil the communist is. I've accepted that. I've stopped trying to understand the way his mind works, why you would want to be evil, why you would want to be terrible, and I just understand that he is. He spreads misery and poverty and death. Everywhere he goes. That's why he's a communist. That's why, that's why communism has killed so many people. That's just, it's a religion of destruction, as we talked about. So it's not that, it, that's not what makes me mad. What makes me mad is where are the fighters on our side? Where are the men standing up on our side? We have half this country assaulting our children. And what a bunch of weenies we have. What a bunch of pathetic. Weenies we have. Well, uh, that's not really what the bill says. Well, okay, just wear this wear this mask for a little while, Braden. It's okay. No, it's not okay. 50%. That's the increase in teenage girl suicide during all this COVID lockdown insanity. Is there anything more unimaginably just awful than a freaking teenager? A girl. Oh boy, choosing to end their own lives, suicide's devastating enough, but kids, there has been real cost. The kids have been assaulted, and the right has not only been silent, in some cases, the right has gone along with it. Go look at all the losers in the federal government and state government. Wear your mask. Oh, did I mention? Did I, did I mention? Take your vaccine. Uh, yeah, remember those side effects that just came out? Here's Florida's Surgeon General. The Florida Department of Health is going to uh, be the first state to officially recommend against the COVID-19 vaccines for healthy children. They're recommending against it for a reason. How many poor parents out there were manipulated or in some cases felt forced into giving that to their kids? We have not protected children in this country and it steams me to no end. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. And I know gas prices are all the rage. And we're going to talk more about how terrible these people are. I mean, listen, they are terrible. This is Brian Deese, Biden administration, accidentally saying the quiet part out loud. The only viable path to energy independence for the American economy is to reduce the energy intensity of our economy overall. Uh, and ultimately to reduce it to zero and get ourselves to a position where we're no longer reliant on fossil fuels. That's a long-term project. Uh, but what we're seeing today um, and the the geopolitics and the economic pain should only reinforce uh, our efforts to try to move there more quickly. Ah, that's the end goal. They don't care that you're about to pay six, seven dollars a gallon. They don't care that every single thing in your life is about to get more expensive because everything is either made with oil or shipped with oil. They don't actually care about that. Remember, they're thrilled about this. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. They're worried about the poll numbers. They don't want it to hurt them at the polls. They don't want you to blame them for the pain you're feeling. But in the end, this is working out great for them. These people all campaigned on these things. Eliminate fossil fuel. Get rid of fossil fuel. Well, the world runs on fossil fuel. 
If you eliminate fossil fuel, you'll kill more people than Hitler. That's true. It's not even arguable. It's true. They're not upset. That's the most aggravating thing. It's not the pain you're feeling and about to feel. It's that they're thrilled about it. As long as you don't blame them or put that on them, this works out just fine for them. That's how truly evil it is. And that's communism. That's how it works every single time. But remember, the problem is not them. The problem is the weakness and stupidity on our side, refusing to call it out. It's gross. And look, remember, you can't trust anything you see out there. You have to think for yourself and figure out which fights to make. And speaking of thinking for yourself, why do you think I talk to you about Annie's Kit Clubs all the time? It's a box once a month. If you have a kid age 7 to 12, you get a box once a month. And it has hands-on activities for your kids, only it's STEM activities that force your child to think. They get a top-secret mission envelope. They have to sit down with all these various bags and parts and figure out how to assemble the hovercraft or, or examine the fossil. Or It's awesome. Teach your children to think because I promise you they're going to need it in this life. Go to annieskitclubs.com slash radio and you can actually get your first kit for up to 100% off. You just pay the shipping. How about that? annieskitclubs.com slash radio. Go. Don't hope your kid knows how to think. Make sure your kid knows how to think. The Jesse Kelly Show.